0: Welcome to the Save Your Marriage Podcast, dedicated to all the men and women out there who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages. Here, we give you tools, perspectives, and insight into how to save your marriage and have a thriving marriage. This podcast is sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. And now, here's your host, Arturo Henriquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I just want to invite all the men and women out there to book a private complimentary call with me. We will talk about your particular situation in private and give you lots of guidance and put you on the path to restoring and saving your marriage. Just go to www.fortifiedspouse.com forward slash call. That's C A L L. So how is the competition with your spouse, I wonder? I've seen couples who reach out and it was as if they were competing to be the most wounded or to compete to be the most correct or to compete to be the most wronged or to compete to be the one doing the most. And what I was aware of is while they were competing with each other, they were always missing the opportunity of connecting with one another. In fact, many times it's a choice between competing or connecting. And that's what I want to talk about today. One place where relationships break down is all around competing. So what do I mean by that? Well, I think there are two ways that people can walk through a marriage together. There's two understandings. There's one that fails and one that works. The one that fails is you me thinking. Now, this is a natural progression, right? And unfortunately, Sometimes people don't realize that they need to change trains, get on a different train when they get married, and so they stay on the same you-me train. And unfortunately, the tracks end at some point, point. and if you don't change trains, you run out of tracks in some pretty ugly ways. So let's talk for a minute about what that looks like. You-me is a natural progression. In the beginning, my wife and I met, we met while we were doing our master's degrees at university. And we met at that point, it was her and it was me, you, me. In fact, at that point, it was just you and all your friends and me and all of my friends. It was just two independent people, but we kind of liked each other enough that we hung out a lot. And over time, it was you, me that became you and me. A lot of people began to see us as a couple and our families began to see us as a couple. And we would talk about you and me. That's you and me. That works great in building a relationship because instead of you, me, we've added the and in there. And that works really well as a way of seeing ourselves as being in a relationship. It doesn't take long though before that can cause problems when we get married because there's a shift that happens in marriage that many people don't make. And that's about becoming a we, a new entity. In fact, that's exactly what the state thinks of you when you get married. That legal piece of paper when you sign your name on that marriage license means that you are a new entity. You've created an entity in terms of the legal definition where you're now a group, a thing, a we. And so the moment when you've pronounced to be spouse and spouse, husband and wife, or however that looks like for you, you have become or have the potential of becoming a we. I think it takes a little while for that to actualize itself, but that's the new train. You have to jump over to that new train because here's what happens if you stay on the you-me train. As you go forward, you begin to ask the question, what am I getting out of this? I believe that people get married because they want to show their love for their spouse. And then they start changing the question afterwards and ask, how are you loving me? What am I getting from this? And that's when the cracks start showing. It usually doesn't happen while you're doing that dating thing, while you're building that you and me piece. Because I remember my dating time, I was trying to show in every way I could to my, at that point, girlfriend, how much I cared for her. I was doing everything I could. You know, you talk about love languages. That's when you're speaking every language you can possibly think of to convince this person how much you care for them. And that carries you all the way, maybe into marriage. But then you begin to ask the question, what am I getting out of this? And that's when the danger steps in because you, me became you and me. And then instead of transforming to we, as in we are in this together, we are a team, we're together, it became you versus me. What are you getting? What am I getting? And is it fair? This is where we begin to see the win-lose mentality built into a marriage. Win-lose mentality is based on ego because I want to win or I don't want to lose. And it also is often about keeping score. And there's been a lot of research with couples to see what is the balance and the perceived balance of people carrying the responsibility of the household. And so research after research has shown that when you ask a couple, what percentage of carrying the household do they each hold, each person will say, this is what I do. And so if I were to say, this is what I do and compare it to my spouses, this is what I do. The interesting thing is, in the end, even though there's only 100% of what happens in a household, it always exceeded 100% when added together. In other words, each person was somehow overestimating what they were putting into it. And they were underestimating what their spouse was putting into it. At the same moment, if I believe I'm giving 60%, I've assigned only 40% to my spouse. If my spouse likewise thinks that my spouse is putting 60% in and I'm only putting 40% in, if you add up what we're each doing, what we're putting in, it's 120%. And that's an impossibility. And yet research shows that we do that in interview processes, that we always seem to overestimate what we're doing and underestimate what our spouse is doing. Well, that's keeping score mentality. It's asking, what am I putting in and what am I getting out? Or to quote Janet Jackson back in the 80s, what have you done for me lately? And so part of that whole question puts us into an oppositional position. What are you doing versus what am I doing? The versus is very important. What am I putting in versus what are you putting in? That piece begins to create what I call the ledger marriage. It's kind of like if you have a ledger, your credits and your debits, and you're adding in, here's what I did. And many times I'll watch as couples compare what they've done this past week, what actions they've taken, whether it's relationship actions or household actions, they begin to kind of, you know, say, yes, I did this. And yes, I did that. What I'm hearing is the ledger come out. Let's compare to this balance sheet and see who's really putting in. That's when you versus me is in full display. I've had couples compare down to the nitty gritty of what each has done this past week. And each person is sure that they have done more than their fair share. And those are the cracks. That's where it begins to fall apart because it erodes connection. And it's absolutely oppositional. We're doing comparison shopping. It's not about what we're doing with each other, but what we're doing against each other. Connection versus competition. They can't exist together in a marriage. Now don't get me wrong, if you and your spouse have some hobby, you know, that you pitch you know, against each other, you play tennis against each other, or golf against each other, or cards and night against each other, there's going to be a winner or a loser. But those are kind of in the hobbies of life. In the relationship of life, there's either competition or connection. You cannot have both. So let's stay with this analogy for a minute and talk about being teammates versus being all stars. Have you ever watched on a team, whatever sports that is, the team where there's that one player who's hogging the ball all the time, taking all the shots, feeling like they are the star of the show, that they're carrying their team. Now imagine that there are multiple people on that same team that believe in that same thing and believe that they truly are the stars versus the other people on the team as opposed to a well-functioning team that says, you bring your best and I'll bring my best and we will win this game together as a team. That's a team mentality. It's the difference between ego and us. We're a team here. Our task is to win, to win together, not to win as individuals. And many times couples see it as either I'm getting it or you're getting it. Whatever it is, we can't both win this, the competition to be. That is very interesting because here's the underbelly of it. There's a subtle victim stance in that. If I'm not getting my fair share, I'm seeing myself as the victim. If I see myself as having to put more in to carry this, I see myself as the victim. Even at the same moment, they may go, I'm carrying all this, look at me, I'm the all-star. Underneath that, they're saying, but it's not fair, I'm the victim here, I'm having to carry this. But being a victim doesn't get us very far in a relationship, in fact, it doesn't get us very far in life. Being on a team is where we can win. Being on a team means we win at life. When struggles come our way, I believe that couples can either join together or fight each other over it. I remember years ago, my wife and I, we had a small daughter and we were at a vacation spot and there was a problem with the air conditioner in the hotel, in our hotel room. And I looked into taking out the vent that was in the floor and I covered it back up, but I hadn't put the vent cover over it. So it only had a flimsy filter over it. So our child's toddling along and we're trying to get some help for that. And our child stepped on the fiberglass filter And it collapsed and she fell towards the vent, into the vent. When we grabbed her, that was above it was one hand holding on and one foot holding on. And we grabbed her and we scooped her up and pulled her out. My wife and I had worked together to get her out. As soon as it was over, we turned to each other. We turned on each other and basically blamed each other for what happened. Now here we were having pulled our child out together having rescued our child, working together, to suddenly turn and blame each other. There was no blame that needed to be assigned at that moment. We had just been through a difficult time, and our opportunity was to say, we're in this together, whatever comes our way, and we quickly got that. To that point, my wife even pointed that out to me, that we were struggling with who had been wrong here, instead of asking, how do we make sure this doesn't happen again? Well, that was a reminder to me of how often it rears its head, that people start competing with each other suddenly. We do it at all levels of this, and part of our task is to make sure we stay on the same team. If you're in the midst of a marriage crisis, you may have already felt that breakdown. Now, one of the things I've noticed is that marriages that are successful often have got to we. Marriages that fail rarely have gotten to a we. And then they fail because they're not at a we place. So what can we do? I think there are a couple of changes that we can make pretty easily. And one is to have a personal we commitment to see that we are standing as a team to treat it that way. And whenever we find some position, some difficult spot to ask the question, how do we need to move forward together? One of the things that is true is that when we have conflict It needs to be in service of progress. It's not about who wins the argument. It's on how the disagreement allows us to move forward in some way. It points to some area that needs to be addressed. It's not winning and losing. In fact, you may have heard the statement, you can either be happy or you can either be right. It can't be both. This is so true in a marriage. If your task is to be right, you want to win at the expense of being happy as a couple, then there's a problem. Being a we doesn't come naturally for us. We're rooted in this place of being individuals, taking care of ourselves. I mean, that's how we were raised as kids. Stand on your own two feet. You've got to do this on your own if you want to get it done. But then when we get into a marriage, we have to say we are now a team. We're no longer independent and individuals. And that's the whole point of a marriage, of a wedding, to say these two people have come together and the several religions have said you become one. When you're one, you're we're now a unit. We're a team. The question is how we play best on that team. Sometimes I watch as people are resentful that their spouse is kind of bringing some skill to the game as if there's some zero sum to what we can bring to something there's no zero sum to the game of being on that team of the game of marriage. You bring your best self. Your spouse brings their best self. And here's the thing. There's not always going to be an even. There's going to be times in every marriage where one person has the strength. Renee Brown talks about there's a 100% rule at the house. They come in at night and maybe one of them has had a rough day. And one can say to the other, hey, you know what? I've only got 20 percent. And the other can say, hey, no worries. I've got the other 80 percent. And what she says is if she and her husband together can't meet or exceed 100 percent, they know they're in a crisis. They know now they have to drop back. So maybe they both come in and say, you know, I've got only 30 percent. You've got 30 percent. Hey, let's her down. Let's order some pizza. Let's chill out with the kids and watch a little Netflix. In other words, let's take care of this. We recognize that we're not at 100%. So let's back off a little bit. And if they're at 100% or more, it doesn't matter who is getting them there. It doesn't matter who is carrying the piece. When they're seeing it as a team, that's what you do. In the middle of a game, somebody has a sprained ankle. The other person just has to pick up the slack. That's just part of playing on a team. It's funny how we forget that in life. There are going to be days when each person might give or take a little more or let's say it differently, contribute to the game a little bit differently. And that's okay. That's what it means to understand that you are on a team. It means you understand that the spouse may not have as much and you got to pick up the slack. Not as a way of keeping score, but of saying we're in this together. I've got your back. Our task is to win. Together. If you're already at that point where you haven't made it to a we and the crisis is showing itself, let's find a way forward. Let's find a way to get you back on the same team, playing for the same goals. And that's how you win. And that's how you save a marriage. Thank you for listening. Now, I want to introduce you to the Fortified Spouse program that has helped thousands of women and men just like you save their marriages with an 85% success rate. It is based on four fundamental pillars. One, gain the tools to reconnect with your spouse. Two, understand the differences between men and women so we can appreciate and be more empathetic with our spouse. 3. Learn how to gain inner confidence so we are no longer codependent on our spouse. And 4. Deal with our insecurities and triggers so we are more emotionally in control and not as easily triggered. If you're interested in learning more about these tools to immediately stabilize the marriage and postpone and delay the divorce, or separation or win your spouse back from an affair then go to www.fortifiedspouse.com and enroll in the program it is going to change your life it is going to make you the best version of you and it has the highest probability of saving your marriage you have been listening to the save your marriage podcast for men and women For further information, visit The Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you.